If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hey, listen. Extra, extra, get it where you can, one-upsmanship, hot off the presses. My name's Johnny Papes, and I'm a very out-of-date reference. Um, that's <laughs> right, we have news, we're here and we have news. I'm Michael yeah. Swain, one of the hosts of One-Upsmanship. And I'm Adam Ganser, the other of the hosts, and not <gasps> not a newsy-style character, unlike you today. No, your alter ego is Noman Cockwell. He, yes, he is. Tasty little gnome. Yes, he is. I was, I was supposed to show up for your stream uh, the other night, where another oh, big, big piece of news. Stream? Yes. Yeah. Uh, yes. So, Noman Cockwell shall return uh, as yeah, if, will Johnny Papes. If you'll miss that, Johnny Papes is ready to spring out at you and fight you as you come home from work in order yeah. to hone your own judo skills anytime. Yeah. He's a, <laughs> he's widely available, especially after his podcast tanked. Yeah. Like, he ain't doing shit. Um, but we're doing shit. A lot and we're of making shit. moves. Yes, we are. And we're leveling up. So mm-hmm. we've gone into our skill trees, um, realized this is all fucked. We put points in mind and we meant vigor. <laughs> so we have to pay to respec. And you know what? It's a new vibe. It's a new groove. Mm. We're moving to iHeart. Yes, we are. We are moving to iHeart. Cue applause. Yeah. And, and by we, have we so mean. so much brand loyalty for yeah. specific podcasting platforms. And by we, we mean one-upsmanship specifically is moving to iHeart. That's right. That's yeah. right. Not all of Small Beans. Right. <laughs> Small Beans will continue to bring you great shows like Frame Rate, Director Piece Theater, Shooting Threes, and exclusive shows like Star Trek The Next Futurama and Spielboys mm-hmm. over at patreon.com slash smallbeans. And in fact, we will be filling this hole left by one-upsmanship's departure with a new show called Like Razorblade Pie and bonus episodes of Frame Rate and maybe another show that we're noodling out right now as well. Uh, but if you're a hardcore one-upsmanship fan, a shiphead. hear the news. Yeah. Have the, if you're a ship ship, if you're ship shape, <laughs> then you should be aware 
that uh, this is the last episode on the Small Beans feed. We struck a deal with iHeartRadio, home of other great X-Cracked pods like Behind the Bastards yep. and Worst Year Ever and yep. stuff like that. And Daily, uh, we're doing that. Yeah. But with video games. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, the Mothership Pod, Daily Zeitgeist. So happy to join the Our Heart family with one-upsmanship only and specifically. And uh, look for us over there. Oh, you'll be happy to hear this. We're going weekly. You will get a new yes. one-upsmanship every dang week now. You'll That's be so happy deal. to hear that because we are going to be yeah. gaming our faces off starting now, basically, until yeah. the sun explodes. Oh, and this entire backlog will move over to That's correct. As well. Yeah, so you'll be able so, to listen to all the podcasts you know and love that. through them. That's correct. Yeah. Uh, through them and by through them, you don't have to go to any special iHeart place. I just, it's wherever you get your podcast. Yep. But search for one upsmanship specifically instead of just small beans because we'll be our own splinter thing now. That's true. We will be. Like a reverse DLC. We split off from the body. And have become just a little floating nubbin. <laughs> yeah, we're the Frasier to Small Beans' is Cheers. That's uh, right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Ooh. Yeah, you like that? I thought she'd like that reference. Uh, who's Frasier and who's Niles between us? Uh, I feel like just anger alone makes me Frasier, right? Isn't he, doesn't he blow up the most? Yes. Yeah. And right? I'm Niles because I'm a little more laid back getting into slapstick wacky situations and yeah. you know, we're getting into like manners you know a comedy of manners situations what a what a non-controversial sure, metaphor that we picked yeah. <laughs> absolutely i'll cut my thumb and pass out at the sight of the very blood it's a good <laughs> bit it's a classic fraser bit mm-hmm. um daniel o'brien knows of what i speak anyway yeah. That's the news there, and we figured in honor of that news, we should finally codify or take a look back at our celestial hard drive. Yes, so, we should, because we want to. Yeah, we want to define it in this episode, right? Yeah. So, so uh, the questions sort of come to us about you know a billion times, and rightly so. So, like, well, how does this celestial hard drive work? Uh, what's actually on it? How much space does it have? Uh, and you know, just sort of, what is this gimmick you're doing, bros? Which aliens will you be? Which showing aliens? To? Correct. Uh, and you know, for answers to that, we might get back to you a little later after we've replayed again the Mass Effects trilogy. But mm. uh, we are going to define sort of what makes a thing belong on the celestial hard drive today, and we are going to go back through everything that we have greenlit for the hard drive and some things we haven't. And make sure we're feeling good about what is currently on there uh, from all the podcasts that we've done, right? And I think we're going to make some appeals uh, for games that the other person didn't agree belong on the hard drive, but we still feel should be, and decide, uh, so where do we land on that? So that's the episode today. It should be a lot of fun. That's right. And... So it's sort of like a court of appeals. We'll each be uh, trying to get under the other one's merciful skin. And um, I guess we won't have checkpoints per se, or will we have an overabundance of checkpoints between every single game? No, Uh, uh, let's just skip checkpoints. Probably not. The editor would appreciate not adding them arbitrarily. Yeah. Yeah. You're welcome, Mr. Editor. (laughs) No checkpoints. Um, But let's talk about what this hard drive is, and we can't do that without referring to an incredible spreadsheet created and maintained by Asking7. So big shout out to Asking7. Thank you so hey, much. Hey, let us know at what point in the process you want us to pay you, because it can't be when the show's done, because that will never happen. <laughs> right. 
No, um, we we but, we owe asking seven a payment. I and we, we have a small fee for you asking yeah. seven, and we will get that to you. This is a good reminder for us. But in the meantime, please keep maintaining that spreadsheet. It's highly useful. It gives us episodes like this one. That's right. Um, so before we actually dive in to line items on the fabled spreadsheet, uh, what's the what belong? What is it? What is on this hard drive? drive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I don't even. I would like to know even what's the criteria because. We want, I want play rules yeah. going forward on the new series, yeah. meaning, uh, how can it hold a hundred games? Can we just settle on that? I as think a so. I think a hundred's okay. Yeah. I think a hundred's okay. Okay. Yeah. So the size of the hard drive is a hundred games, large or small. Yeah. That's it. 100 ideas. So by the end, well, well, what would you hope to have, Adam? You go first. I've been talking a lot. Uh, by the end, I would hope to have a canon of games that, uh, represent the best of the medium. And uh, mm. that also, and this is maybe where we might have a point of contention, accurately represent the history of the medium. Um, so like, I do want some sense of progression from what games were to what they are. And then later down the oh, line, you're right. what they will be. I care about, I care about the interrelation between the player and the piece of art in a vacuum. Right. What is not a, as much a vacuum as possible. What effect does this have on you, on your individual, you know, perceptual experience of it? I do not care if it was popular or unpopular, where it stood in history. And uh, I, I think, and uh, it I disagree that it should be the best games. Okay. I think it should be games that had the most impact on the flow of gameplay design. Uh, well, let's talk about which, what best means. Which is then. a nod to history in its own way. Yeah, let's talk about what best means then. So I'm going seminal over best. Okay. In some ways. Okay, mm-hmm. seminal, but that, seminal is just another way of defining the word best in this case, right? Like, you, that's how you mm. define what a. It's the best a quality game is. that people consider superlative, but I don't know that it's synonymous with best. How would you? Di- okay. This is how the would shit you? Dis- people like this show for. How, <laughs> how would you distinguish them then, for my benefit? So that I know what that means. Um, best means the dominant high achiever in its field. Okay. By whatever criteria the field considers success. And to me, okay. that would break down further into like making money, most most installs, uh, blah, blah. And seminal is one of those qualities. But I'm zooming in on that sub-quality and saying that's my primary important quality is seminal. Okay. Which to me means influential. Influenced other games that came after it. In its style or design, I, I I like that as a primary. Uh, I like that as a primary criteria. Uh, I think what I would want to add to it, because I'm not going to dis- dispute that. What I want to would want to add to it is: does it have any extraordinary uh, achievements, even in just one area of uh, gaming, like storytelling? Ooh. Or, You're letting lopsided stuff in. Yeah, I think lopsided stuff belongs. I absolutely think that. Uh, I don't like because I don't think the most balanced games always deserve to go in because that favors money in a way that I don't think the list yeah, should do. I think I agree. Um, so there's that, and but I do think the list needs to like the the hard drive needs to represent uh in some ways a sense of the history of gaming and progression. Here's why: if we're gonna judge what goes on the hard drive explicitly based on impact then over time games that are extremely important uh will ultimately no longer be on the hard drive even though they should be so like for instance this is probably a far-fetched universe but one can imagine a hard drive in 50 years or 100 years it doesn't have super mario brothers on it 
Because we don't run in 2D space and jumping and hitting we've bricks We've moved anymore. so far beyond it, and there's so many steps on the ladder. Yeah, that the and all things are of their time and must pass someday. Then that's true, but then Including I kind of... Including our celestial hard drive. Well, then I kind of wonder what the point of the hard drive is if it's not to memorialize a history, uh, other than just say these are the best ones right now, which is fine. We, could, we can uh, adjust as time goes on. I just would always mm. want... Major moments to matter. That's a very valid point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's actually the point I'm going to make about several of the games I want to appeal. Like Honeymooners sucks and is not funny now. Right. No offense, Honeymooners fans. But uh, it remains an important, or all in the family or what have you, is is offensive by our standards, but remains historically like a sitcom of historical note. Or or like... the flow of narrative. Every D.W. Griffiths movie... Uh, is has been t- so pretty much topped. pretty much offensive, but he invented the feature yeah. art form. You know what I mean? So it's like, well, he's got to be on some list. So it's like why we remember him, his name at all in the list. Yeah. As well, he invented this thing. He so invented he the format. The you know, like uh, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he's got to be on there, even if it's not. It's like why do we read Homer's Iliad? Mm. You know, that's not a culture that really resembles anything we're doing now. But why? memorialize something with the idea that oh this will be for eternity because i don't believe eternity exists all things do fade and pass well and uh, now as always it comes back to man of faith versus man of that's fine no no i i i don't uh, i don't need the hard drive uh to exist in 10 billion years i'm okay with over time i'm okay with saying the hard drive is a retrospective and that retrospective is going to look different in five years versus 150 years. I'm okay with yeah. that. Okay. All right. Uh, but I I don't want to lose major milestones in the gaming journey. Okay. And yeah. I think that dovetails nicely with Seminole because I think the things that feel on a perceptual level, the impact is like, wow, that was an important game. I think we often mean Seminole. I think that's right. That's why I wanted you to define it. I also think there, there's like one other criteria that matters a lot to me, I've realized. Games that that expanded the definition of who is a gamer uh, also belong. Uh-huh. And also games where you can swim. No non-swimming ooh, games. Yeah, gotta swim. Uh, <laughs> but like any game that really permeated cultural awareness and brought new kinds of people into gaming, I think... Deserves a, New ways a long of murdering look. People in a cool a long way. look. Yeah. yeah, like for instance, I don't like Pokemon Go, but I think there's a really strong case for it to be on the hard drive. Oh, you know that's not the purpose of today because no, we it's not. It. But Thank I, but God. I, but for these criteria, I think yeah, it like it would be weird not to include it, uh, or it could be weird. We'll have to have that conversation. When there's only a hundred, we'll have to yeah, yeah, see when we get there. Yeah, and we do plan to do regular episodes when we get to a hundred. Now, FYI, we're not even close to that yet. No, we'll list we'll list the games that are on it before we start appealing. Okay. Yeah, you want to do and, that now? Uh, sure, because my point is there will be follow-up episodes like this where we appeal games, reconsider some of our votes, and when the time comes, decide to knock stuff off the hard drive to make room for other stuff. Ooh. I would, we, we will be so fortunate to still be doing this podcast and have listeners at that point. I'll be thrilled mm-hmm. to be in that situation. Yeah. All right. So I'm going to list the list. Here is the list. Currently on yeah. The yeah. Here it is. So on the hard drive are the following games, uh, breath of the wild, the legend of Zelda breath of the wild, One. uh, Bioshock infinite Two. the last of us three portal Two. 
Four. Super Metroid. Five. Fallout New Vegas. Six. <laughs> Red Dead Redemption. Seven. Minecraft. Nah. Red Dead 2. Nah. 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 <laughs> Super Mario World. Uh, the big one. Oh. Okay. GoldenEye 007. Mm-hmm. Rhymes with 11. That, it does. It does. Uh, wow. I can't believe how fast you came to that. Dead Space, which is being remastered, and that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, Shadow of the Colossus. Lucky number 13. Subnautica. Uh-huh. Destiny 2. Inside. Uh-huh. The 15th Boogaloo. The indie game Inside. Inside is 16. Yeah. Great. Tony Hawk Pro Skater 1 plus 2. Uh, Bloodborne. And last but not uh, least, uh, The uh. Forgotten City. 19, 19. <laughs> One of these things is not like the yeah, others. I agree. I totally agree. Uh, now, the criteria to be on the hard drive in terms of like just the logistics, both people had to agree to put it on. And if there was a guest, the guest also had to agree that it's on. So every time a guest shows up, they get a veto to the Celestial uh, Hard Drive. Although I don't believe that it's ever happened that we both kept it and then the guest shut us down. Uh, Did it? Oh, it, Tina Amini blocks yes, The Last of Us 2 is, single-handedly. And that, I think, is uh, one we should revisit. Uh, that is shocking. Yeah. Like, um, I think we should be able to veto a guest. Tina Amini, editor-in-chief of IGN. That's like Agreed. as much clout as you can have about rendering your opinion. Agreed. I agree. Yeah, um, I think we should. That's the only one that I can see on the spreadsheet where the guest blocked us and we were going to keep it. Totally. I again, I think I think we should be able to revisit it if a guest blows it up, but maybe maybe that you feel like that's unfair. No, I believe I agree. That could be on your list in okay. theory. You could Okay. That could be one that you bring up today. Yeah, well, but the point being we wouldn't need her to undo her veto. Like you and I would And agree. the point being, no, we can override. Yeah. If we both turn the nuclear key, it overrides. Okay, beautiful. And no one can plant anything there for a thousand years. Um, <laughs> beautiful. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic Gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Let's take a moment to breathe. Deep inhale. Extend your spine. Remain focused on what you're doing. If safe to do so, exhale slowly, leaning to one side. Inhale back to center. If safe to do so, exhale slowly to the opposite side. Find mental health resources at loveyourmindtoday.org. This message is brought to you by the Huntsman Mental Health Institute and the Ed Council. If we... I don't think we have to worry about the Forgotten City until we reach 100, but you know it's going to go. Oh, yeah. that I think we got real excited about the Forgotten City. Got a real, uh, lot of recency bias in that one, folks. Yeah. Hades didn't make it on there? 
I'm surprised about Hades. I'm surprised Red Dead 1 and 2. Do you really need both? I don't know. Ooh, I, I don't know. do, I think. You deleted Ooh, Hades. Why, I, I, you I, deleted Hades. Holy shit. <laughs> no, you, no, you <laughs> Hades. I'm just saying. You Hades. I'm just saying. Well, then you could bring that up today I, if you want. I, I, All I right, could. So should we get into it? Let's get into it. Okay, let's get into All it. All right. Uh, what's your first? Who's, what's your first that you want me to I'll reconsider? Go first? Yeah. Okay. Well, counselor, I cite simply that you said lopsided games, and you even in the same breath said, you know, what if the story's really good? And with that in mind, that lopsided but seminal games can make it in, and the fact that this game is currently being already translated into live action series for Amazon, I submit Disco Elysium, mm. sir. Mm. Okay. The bewildering wonderful story uh that revitalized point and click i mean a, a number of games have attempted to revitalize point and click adventure games i think disco elysium came at a time where it's really brave to do that it is a high watermark for point and click adventure games and i am someone who's always like kentucky route zero also comes to mind very eager to see point and click adventure games kept alive. It's almost like folk music at this point. Um, but I do think it's alive. I think we will, I don't think we'll ever stop ever getting really brilliant point and click adventure games. It's a very foundational medium and a sub genre that has not been revolutionized as robustly as it has through the two games I just mentioned, Kentucky Road Zero, which we should cover someday, that's the one where no matter what you choose, you're always right, and the universe just comports to the way you solve the puzzle. So it's more of an identity expression than it is solving puzzles. Mm. This game, uh, Disco Elysium, I think, is a very maturely told story that's very deep, incredibly well-written and performed. The art is stellar, and... What I would argue is that it revolutionizes the subgenre in a unique way that I hope slash think will be done more and more, which is dropping you into the world and you don't know what the system represents yet. Part of figuring out that game is figuring out what scent of the streets numbers mean and what like, yeah. you know, sorrow, sorrowful cop or whatever, all the different things in your skill cabinet and the ideas like the actual underlying RPG system of that game, I do think, is something that elevates it to the point where it's of consideration for the hard drive. Adam, yeah, here here, here are fun. my defense points. Uh, that piece of innovation you're saying about not knowing what the systems mean it it is not the only or first game to do that. Obviously, right? Uh, it's part of a flow. It's part of a flow. I mean, I th that's I th that strengthens my argument. Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, uh -huh. I would say Dark Souls is. Yep, slightly more seminal one. in that. Uh, look, I, I think looking back on this game, it's pretty clear that it stands apart as a piece of writing uh, more than... I mean, the game itself is also fun, but the writing is exquisite and excellent. And a lot of the reason why I deleted it is because it was broken when we first got it. Like, as in major chunks of story were inaccessible to console players. And I players. do think that's a reason to revisit this yeah, stuff. Is I like, agree. I wouldn't be opposed to revisiting Cyberpunk in its that's final right. form. I, I'm down to final forms being, now this is the official version. This is as the artist intended it. They got through the process of creating their art. Here's the art. I think that's like, right. So, I yeah. yeah I, I, yeah. Uh, I do think that in some cases, like, so I think Cyberpunk will always have the stain of the bad launch on it, no matter how good it is. 
sure. because it was such a major piece of that that game's legacy. Disco Elysium's port was just not ideal, and I know a lot of it's been fixed. So I am willing to relent and keep this game. <laughs> I am yeah. willing to keep it. One for one. Yeah. Are you changing the spreadsheet? I'll change it, yeah. All right, and bold that shit. I will do that. Disco, baby. It would be Disco's weird All right. if it wasn't on. It'd be weird if it was not on the list, I think. And that's, I also have a gut feeling about stuff on the list yeah. that I'm just like, yeah. Yeah, it should be on. All there. right. Okay. Let's keep things moving in a timely fashion and order. Uh, no, you number one, and I, I'm going to do this because of the, uh, the thing we already agreed to. Uh, you and I, if we turn our nuclear keys, we can keep it. Uh, mm-hmm. I believe Last of Us 2 is an incredibly important work in several ways. First way uh, is that it managed to make a sequel out of a story that didn't deserve a sequel and show us what sequelizing means. Um, and I th- that that's a thing movies have a hard time doing, and it did it really, really well. Uh, it did it through a sort of echoing thematic, uh, almost operatic structure, which we never see in any medium, and that alone was very exciting. Um, as a piece of video game acting, a thing that's increasingly important in video games, it is still the the benchmark. Um, I don't think I've seen better acting anywhere. Uh, this is a game that dares to make you play it and doesn't give you dialogue to show you how to feel. It gives you facial expressions, the same as a good movie would. And I know that the story is extremely important to both of us, and I don't know how we can have a hard drive without this game's story on it. Um, so there's that. I don't like d- totally deleting what a guest did, but I feel like the guest, if I remember correctly, in this case, h- had a more enjoyable journey with Last of Us and therefore didn't feel like they needed to keep both. I think both pieces of the story are important. Um, I think in five or ten years, this game will still be as good and as important as Last of Us 1 was. Uh, also, it's just more fun to play than Last of Us 1. Uh, by, I think, a pretty wide margin for a number of reasons that we went over on the episode. So that's my basic argument. Mike, sir, how do you feel about that? Uh, Totally agree. Keep it, sir. Overridden. Beautiful. Sorry, Tina. You ain't my boss no more. (laughs) (laughs) She's going to be so Um, mad. uh, Well, I'm trying to get her to guest on the new show, so hopefully she won't be too mad, but... I have a big problem with keeping sequels. It makes me wonder if we should knock The Last of Us down, but I can't. Uh, the last, they both, I agree with you completely. The Last of Us 2, look no further than the incredible reactions from toxic males yes. all over this great nation and globe um, to The Last of Us 2. What they did with Abby was truly bold, set a tone that is now a tone, like, uh, pushes the boundaries of gaming narrative in a bunch of different ways, gives you a sequel where you're like, oh, I guess I can get equally reinvested in this. I guess they're just that good. Uh, it's really, really, really good. Yeah. <laughs> and yet the ending of The Last of Us 1 is so good in its completely separate way that I'll keep them both. I think they're both on there. And I don't know how many sequels will be on this. I mean, I know we'll Could have... Ever. Right. I know we'll have multiple Mario games and probably multiple Zelda games. Uh, And, you know, there's some franchises like that where it's like, sure, I see that. Uh, But they're not sequels. You know, uh, this might be the only one we'll see. Hard to say. 
Uh, it's your turn, sir. Well, we already have Red Dead, which I'm yeah, a little Red concerned Dead. about. Yeah. Well, those are both really great, though. Uh, and technically, Tony Hawk One Plus Two is a sequel. But we got around mm-hmm. that because it was a one a one release, which we had that debate right. about. If you if we had to not have it be that, I would have picked one of those two, not both. Yeah. Okay. You ready? My number two. Yeah, you ready? I'm ready. It's one of the two death games we did. Oh God! Keep. Here we go. Um, it's not Deathloop. It's the bad one. <laughs> Death Stranding, Are you really baby. doing this? Oh, my God. <laughs> now we're getting into murkier territory where I have less of a hope. But uh, let's see. Where is Death Stranding on the list? I want to see what the... Thank you again, Asking7, for even providing Metacritic scores on every it was game meta- we've it was ever covered. 84 is the Metacritic. 84 on Metacritic. Yeah. Ah, that's better than I thought the rating, the like Zeitgeist rating was. Because I think Death Stranding is phenomenal. It has all of the Kojima imagination and weirdness that you could hope for if you like that. And if you don't, it's a little more elegant than he usually is without being elegant at all. Because obviously the story is full of wild tangents and narrative imprecisions and all that. But what it does give me is arresting images that are truly unparalleled in other games. Like the gold-faced lion monster made of black goo. It's so fucking cool. Everything's so cool. The ideas are so cool. The idea of that pulse that lets you read the terrain, of course, is now how Forbidden West works. Um, it introduced the rudiments of... It's basically other outside of Dark Souls games. It's the only game that had a practicable, like, interesting social, and maybe journey, um, social dynamic that affects the gameplay where like there's a Facebook built into it, right? You can like each other's structures, make structures appear, disappear, uh, kind of like Dark Souls multiplayer and messages, but in a way that is unique to that game. No other game has really replicated that, and I think it's genuinely interesting. Collectively building toward map upgrades and stuff like that, like getting a road completely built was such a thrill for me. The game has so, so many systems like of... Uh, travel and inventory management and all these things you can get, the robot legs, the cannons, the zip lines. It's fucking beautiful. The moments where you're walking into a new town and like folk uh, or, you know, folksy like sad rock plays. I loved those moments, the way they made me feel. Death Stranding rules, dude. It's lopsided only in the regard that like every Kojima thing, the story kind of falls apart. Um, But I would say... It's the right kind of lopsided, meaning it only really falls down in one way, which is analytical storytelling. Even in other storytelling ways it comes through, like spectacle and emotional resonance, it just doesn't necessarily make sense at the end of the day if you pull at the threads. But you could say that of Dark Knight, you could say that of Mulholland Drive, you know, and I love both those things, and I love Death Stranding. <laughs> you know what Death Stranding doesn't have? Uh, fun. fun. It doesn't have fun in it. Uh, I had so much fun. I didn't. I tried it three different times. I bought the director's cut after we did our podcast mm-hmm. about it. And the more I played the game, the more I'm like, you know what? This is Mike having a an experience that's one thing. And I got to be honest about mine. I don't get any of those things out of it. I tried. I, I, I gave it a really serious college try. Also on the podcast, for the record, those of you who want to go back, I was very open-minded 
and listened on that podcast. And now this time, I got to tell mm-hmm. you, out of all the things you could have appealed, this is the one I feel the most like recalcitrant about. I just I don't think this game is fun. I don't. I don't think it's fun. But do you feel that sense of artistic importance? No, and like bold no, swings and resonance and I, historicity, or no? I don't. I think <laughs> I think that uh, I think one day we'll cover Journey, and I think a lot of the things that you think are great about this game are also great about Journey. Um, I think honestly, if you really want to keep that sort of zany Kojima thing, um, I think that we should really give Metal Gear Solid Five another look. Because uh, it's a much it's, more fun game. Doesn't have images like the it doesn't lion with the gold. Face. But it's a lot better, and it is as it is interactive with other players. The way that you're describing Death Death Stranding, Metal Gear Solid Five has a lot of that stuff. Um, and as you said, Journey has a lot of that stuff. I just don't think Death Stranding. It, I if you want to extract a lot of emotional value and meaning out of it, and if I had had that, I would say yeah, I agree with you. But I don't. So I just, I can't. I had the same experience I had in Breath of the Wild the first time I and see the, the dragon in the sky. I know it, man. I got that from the soundtrack I've heard you say and it. the snow. And, the, and I love that. Yeah. You, I mean, you're, you're hitting the right heartstring for me to be like, yeah, I, I would keep it too if I was you. But I am not you, and I will not keep this game. I'm sorry. I can't do it. Great. I'm sorry. Can't do it. Horn sounds retracted. <laughs> Well, that's a pass. That's for, a pass. Every, now we're just going to pass for the rest Pretty of the much. show. Now they're right. going to. What, what do you? They're going to make more of those, right? Bittered. They're going to make more death strandings, aren't they? I don't know. I think they are. I don't I know. Think they're going to. I'm sure. I don't. He know. said there was more stranding games, so we'll see. Okay. Oh, okay. Um, more strand games. Yeah, yeah, that's so. You may get another crack at this franchise. Uh, okay. So, my next appeal. Uh, there's a couple you. I know you're expecting, but here's one that I felt. Like when I reviewed the tapes, I felt very strongly we made the wrong decision. And that is uh, Bioshock, 2007's Bioshock. Now, uh, I think the reason we deleted it, if I remember, that, that you did is because the gameplay is a little dated now, which it is. There's no disputing that. But I think that Bioshock represents on a premise level and also on a storytelling in a first-person shooter level, like a bar that may not yet have been cleared by anybody. Uh, it created purpose in the in the auditory journal thing, which, like, if you played the most recent Halo audience or anybody listening to this, you'll understand every game's still taking from Bioshock. They're still taking the story dispense... dispense even Ghostwire Tokyo looks yeah, like it is. They're yeah. all doing that, and why? Just meaning the right hand, right hand gun, left hand magic yeah. thing. Uh, yeah, exactly. And like, and all of that is owed to Bioshock. It's like it's that important. And I really appreciate in this time period, going back thirteen years and seeing somebody was on the scent of uh, the kind of Ayn Randian like you know, pro market thought that sort of underlies a lot of the things we're dealing with now. I think somebody was on that scent in a really intelligent way. And so, oh, and it's very popular to rip into it nowadays. Yeah. That's a huge yeah. narrative thread. We're all obsessed with a hundred percent. And like is uh, making Jeff Bezos look like a dick. Well, and Andrew <laughs> Ryan is such a great prototype of all these CEO figures. Uh, and it's, I'm not even trying to like make a political statement. I just think that Andrew Ryan matters in like the actual world that we live in more than like Bowser does or, you know, pick your favorite villain. Like, you know, Andrew Ryan is yeah. one of the yeah. greatest video game villains we've ever seen. 
Um, I would accept the worst. I would accept that, that he was the absolute worst villain we've ever seen um, because he's deranged in a way that you understand. He's wrong in a human way, and that's upsetting. Um, it's a great, great game. It's still fun to play, just a little clunky, and there's more statement about human capacity for for horror and uh, for error in that game than almost any game I've ever played, and uh, it w- I just feel like it'd be a shame to not have it on the hard drive, um, mostly for historical reasons at this point. That would be my primary article, historical reasons it belongs. Your thoughts? Yeah, it has the aura. It has, I was already, you had me at Bioshock. I, I'm on board. That one's a pass. Okay. Um, and I will say in the new show, I think we'll have more episodes where we occasionally discuss hot topics. The only place where I'll differ with you is I don't, I can't say that Andrew Ryan is the greatest video game villain of all time without reservation. I think that's a whole episode okay. where we nominate five sure. and argue about it. Because greatest video game villain of all time. Oof, that's a juicy topic, my friend. But uh, that's a keep. Let's swap it on the old spreadsheet. Beautiful. I'm loving this. This is going great. This is going great for Adam. Well, you you pitched Death Stranding at me. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Yeah. It has that aura. It has the stink of greatness. All right. It has better acting than Forbidden West. I will say that. Uh, I think I agree with you about that. And I thought her. I thought Forbidden West has great acting, which we'll talk about at some point soon. But all right. Speaking of good acting and story, and because I'm the champion of little weird subgenres that are kind of prosaic, like your point and click adventures, my next pick is The Walking Dead season Ooh. one. Um, yeah. It is admittedly a small, a small venue in history's great cathedral. But I think that something, I think it rates a, basically an, a nod or an acknowledgement of this resurgence of story-driven games, truly story-driven games that Telltale kicked off, rip rip Telltale, um, at least in its original form, uh, kicked off with The Walking Dead. And the first one that really made a huge impact was Walking Dead season one. Um, but then, of course, there's The Wolf Among Us. Uh, based on fables and um, Sam and Max does this same thing now, this exact same type of game. And uh, then you broaden your scope a little bit and you get storytelling games like Gone Home and What Remains of Edith Finch. And I think that's a legitimately interesting subgenre that you would never have gotten in the arcade days, right? Um, And you would rarely, if ever, got in most of the life of like, oh, we all have console now era. Um, but you're starting to finally get, which are these utterly story driven, like just walk around and make moral decisions and talk to people. Very light puzzle solving. Even it's more of just like watching an interactive show, but in a way that's different than a quick time event, which is how we used to do that. So I do think it's a true innovation. It's a small cottage industry. It's not a dominant form of gaming, but, um, you know, true colors, uh, whatever, what's it called strange things or <laughs> it's not strange yeah uh, strange days i believe it is strange yeah. days true colors or whatever yeah. any story driven game like that that's sort of just an interactive television show and i think um that ending with you making your final decision is i know i'm doomed what am i going to tell yeah. a child as the only yeah. piece of advice i'll impart to them i've never felt such a sense of responsibility and legacy and ripple effects from 
the final decision I made in a video game. So it's kind of an untoppable way to use that gimmick is like, let's make the final decision the most difficult to make decision. And yet it doesn't matter. You're going to die either right. way. There's no, but it was so impactful. I think it's up there with, uh, the other celestials. Uh, I agree. Um, I agree with you. I, I, uh, <gasps> Wow. I love this game. Uh, in fact, I love it so much. I played the final season of The Walking Dead on a stream like a few months ago, and uh, mm. that even that choked me up. And I've done it five times now. You know what I mean? Like uh, I just think that mm. the echoes of this this first season of Walking Dead um, are really, really potent. So much so that they made so many sequels to it, and they're all pretty good. Yeah. Um, I think that The Walking Dead season one represents the best of the like make a choice and like feel how the community impacts like the branching tells like branching story structure of choose your own adventure type games. Um, I think mm -hmm. it's my favorite of that, except for Fables, the Fables one, uh, Wolf Among Us. And uh, I think it's the best Walking Dead thing that I've consumed and I've read the yes, comic books agreed. and the shows and I've read the comics. Yeah. <laughs> I still like that. And game. I think the game is the best. Um, I think the reason I deleted it is because I wanted to keep a wolf, the wolf among us, um, which they're making mm -hmm. a sequel to. I've heard, uh, yeah. which is incredible. So like, I guess because I want, I think it's time for us to like, let's not plan the result of our next episode. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like I'm, I'm mm -hmm. doing that a lot. It's like, well, I'm going to keep right. this one. So I'm going to delete this. So from now on, I'm going to keep right. things if they belong, and then I'm going to just displace them if I need to later. Uh, later. If it comes yeah, to it. Yeah, when it comes yeah. to it. So in that spirit, let's keep this. Um, but we're going to revisit it when we do a Wolf but Among Us. I'm watching us. you, Counselor. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, and only because I don't think we should have more than one of these type of games on the hard drive. I don't think they're that big of a uh, experience. You know, uh, that's my opinion. So... Yeah, but for now, absolutely, let's keep it. I totally agree with you. All right. What do you got for me? Um, I'm just filling out the spreadsheet so that we got that right. So I can Thanks keep... asking, Seven. <laughs> That's, I, I'm doing it this time. Filling but, time, but, baby. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm bolding it. Okay. All right. Uh, okay, my, for my next appeal, this is a pretty bold one. Uh, because both of us deleted this game. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really think we should reconsider, and that is Spider-Man. I think we should reconsider the delete of Spider-Man. Uh, by that, I'm referring to Marvel's Spider-Man, which was a PS4 game that's been now ported to PS5. By Insomniac. By Insomniac, and I yeah. Well, you go ahead. You should yeah. first. It's so spiel. we had Soren on that episode, and he loves this game. Yeah. Um, After having played Miles Morales, I was like, Wow, Miles Morales was so good. I just, I was like, man, they really nailed it with that game. And I went back and just played the old Spider-Man to see how much better I thought Miles Morales was. And I realized, oh no, we just didn't really take this game as seriously as we needed to. Um, and I've played since then some of the Arkham games, at least one of them on a stream. And uh, I really think this Spider-Man game is important. I, I think it's a perfection of a lot of different game systems that are that were maybe invented or popularized in the the Arkham games with the Batman series but are better in the Spider-Man franchise and I think maybe it's because Spider-Man's just more fun to play than Batman for me uh I know some people be like heresy 
well, I just played both games, and I really think the Spider-Man game is more fun. Um, I think the combat loop is more fun. It's more innovative and more action-packed, and it's not as repetitive. And uh, it looks better, and especially on the PS5. Whoo, swirling through this, like soaring through the city with the, uh, with the web and the sun at your back and everything. It's like wow. I don't know what else I want this game to be. Like it really delivers on mm-hmm. the promise of Spider-Man. And for me, as a person who's not a fan of Spider-Man, like meaning I don't consume Spider-Man regularly or on purpose, um, it has a really nice version of a lot of his story in it. Like, we get a lot of the good parts of Spider-Man's story, a lot of his relationship with villains that matters. Not the Green Goblin one, which I know is the most important, but the Doc Ock story is pretty much entirely in the game. And uh, I thought it was great. I found it really compelling, and um, I think that is kind of under... was sort of underappreciated a little bit by the deleting. Uh, so I'm appealing that maybe both of us should reconsider and turn our key on this. How do you feel about that? To match Soren's, then we'll just be seen as trying to suck his youth aura <laughs> off of him. Which Why is I phrase it that way. Fine. <laughs> um, which is fine, I guess. Uh, you know, follow the trend. What as Soren goes, so goes the yeah. nation. As <laughs> that they is say. what they say. But I finally I got to a joke that I'm happy enough with to move on. Uh I this is my The Walking Dead season one, in the sense that I will allow it and I will turn the key. But I'm not turning it with gusto because I do think that the major conceptual breakthrough that deserves all the credit in the medium of game is the Arkham person who thought of uh, the idea of preset animations that can interweave and link together person or people that, you know, allowed for that breakthrough. And I think Arkham really nailed it. And super and Spider-Man's just a refinement of that. So once we cover Arkham, I'll want to revisit this, just like you just said uh, about Wolf Among Us. But but for now, I'm like, yeah, let's just look at the present. Spider-Man does have that shine. I agree. Turn the key. Okay. I just imagine a future where this is revisited. Let's just say yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, now fans are gonna be surprised that. I mean, well, I'll see. I guess I don't know what you're gonna do, so I'll 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 say on the topic of like, well, why don't you just change a bunch of your votes if we're just doing it for sequels? There's a couple games I didn't pick that I think we did delete because of the sequel, like Starcraft. I mm-hmm. didn't pick Starcraft, and I didn't pick Horizon Zero Dawn. Um, that's because I found I almost picked Horizon. Okay. Uh, but you know we're going to talk about Forbidden West, so we'll have a conversation about it. I know them. we'll talk about it at yeah. length, so I can expound yeah. my ideas then. St- yeah. <laughs> Starcraft is uh, Starcraft is a uh, the next time we do one of these, we can talk more about it, or we'll do a Starcraft two episode and then have that talk. Oh, I had more than five. Oh, you we'll had more than five. Oh, occasionally. Great. Yeah, I had nine. Though. Oh, I, I had like eight or nine too. To okay, well, we're not going to get through all that, are we? No, we're okay, just, just doing five. five. We'll all do right. another five next Fair time. Enough. Okay. Maybe once a year we do this. Dude, show. we need, well, we're trying to do, you know, you get four a month and one a month, I think will be a topic instead of a specific yeah. game. Cause otherwise we're going to run out. We're just playing too many video games. <laughs> we need time. Um, all right. Yeah. But plus I think people like the topic episodes. I think it's nice. I think novelty, so too. But we'll I mean, see. I also think the audience should be prepared for us to cover more indie games. Uh, if for no other reason than just, which I love. Yeah, just I love that turn for breadth us. of experience, and also they're shorter usually, and I think I need, we need to do that. So, yeah. 
My fourth of five yeah. is a genre I don't care about but recognize as historically important. And what I did, well, yeah, I'm going to do this this way. Spiel first, then reveal the game. This is my spiel on this game. Okay. I think that it took a genre that I don't care about but is obviously historically important in the medium of gaming, especially if you talk about the arcade scene. Uh, just because the time is passing doesn't mean it's passed. It was, it's a dominant genre. It w- was at one time. And I think it's the kind of genre that ignites every young gamer, especially, I don't know, Maybe I should just talk about myself, but my experience was uh, games like this really ignite your imagination as a kid because you want to design your own. It seems easy to do. Have you guessed it yet? This is a fun game in and I'm, of itself. I'm and desperately about it. The systems that it employed to revitalize the genre and keep it fresh, I think, were best crystallized in this iteration which is a deep 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 sequel in a long storied franchise um that nevertheless i think just did it perfectly it is the perfect balance of elements to make you play a fighting game over and over oh, wow. and still find it fresh i'm talking mortal kombat 11 wow <laughs> wow yeah right mortal kombat 11 uh, and it is i don't care yeah the, i think 12 is due or has come out or whatever. I don't, think I don't care. I think this was a uniquely special iteration in terms of the bonus content, the things you did outside of just the core fighting loop and the way in which you leveled up your gear and unlocked shit. And it was just all perfect. The, the playlist system was perfect. It, the tutorial system taught you how to fight. The real story good. was it hilarious. Was just, uh, we played the story mode and had a great time. The story was like a hilarious three hour movie. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just super into it, I, dude. I think it, and I think some kind of form of Mortal Kombat deserves to be on here. Some form of Mortal Kombat has to be on this. I, I completely agree. I just, I'm trying to figure out, like, am I bound by my rules so to keep tired. this? Uh, it does. So here's what I'll acknowledge: it's the best looking Mortal Kombat, far and away. Like it was a jump. Uh, the the com the Mortal Kombat previous to it is like a a generationally worse looking game. Mm-hmm. Like this is like, wow, you know, um, for what mortal camp combat is, it's the best one, you know, like it, like if it's just like, Hey, take this game and, and it's the best one. But I'm a little worried about franchises like mortal Kombat that are so iterative. I'm a little worried that we're going to end up sort of like keeping the most recent one all the time. Like, I, so like, by the way, did you ever, Sit around with your friends designing your own Mortal Kombat fight? No, I didn't even know you could do that. What game could you do that on? No, 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 not in a game. I mean, like, you draw it on school notebook paper. You're like, here's my guy. He's Robot Fist. He's got Robot Fist. You know what I I mean? You know, man, that that is a unique experience for you. Or at least I didn't do it. I guess it's... Reach out and tell Adam you... Great. Sure, sure. a Mortal Kombat fighter. I'm not belittling that. I think it's awesome. I just didn't do it as a kid. Uh, That's all I'm saying. Yeah, it sounds awesome. I mean, you you go back to that regularly as an anecdote, and I think it's really cool. Um... So look, I just here's my counterpoint, and I think it's one of it's like a larger Smart counterpoint. I don't want to approve the latest and greatest Madden football every year. You know what I mean? Like I don't want to. I don't want to send the latest FIFA soccer in or the latest, you know, Gran Turismo. Mm-hmm. I I don't. I can't be. I can't know for sure yet, but I have a feeling eleven will stand the test of time as a high watermark in terms of the systems they employed. Okay, like how. Uh, 
you know, whether you think Smash Brothers Ultimate has Well, we didn't put that in. Smash Brothers Ultimate, we decided not to put it in. We decided to keep we like we talked about keeping Melee, but it's very clear to me that Nintendo like this Smash Brothers and also by the way this Mario Kart of this generation are like the, the big one. It's like th- we're going to put everything into it and then there's going to be a very long break before everything we do it again. Want. Yeah. Um I don't know if that's what they're going to do with this Mortal Kombat. I guess all I guess to be fair to the rules so that people don't uh come at me with this. I will say yes, I'll put it in, but I demand that we cover the original Mortal Kombat on this channel. Like that we we have to cover it because I think that's the one that matters. I don't think this one matters as much. Um I okay. like I if we're going to keep any fighting game of this type, I don't think it's Mortal Kombat. I think yeah. it would be probably a Tekken or like I don't know. You know like I I could I don't know, I'd have to play more of them to figure out exactly what I think, but it probably which fighting game to keep of all fighting yeah, games. Yeah, it, it would, I mean Street Fighter Two. I mean, know? for me personally, in terms of favorite, it would be Soul Calibur Two. Soul Calibur, sure, that's another franchise. But Mortal Kombat probably deserves the win. Hold on one second, my cat's actively trying to knock my PS Five off the mantle. That's an amazing image. Okay, I'm back. Start your sentence over, but Mortal Kombat. <laughs> oh no, we're fine. That was like oh. a second. <laughs> I love it when we leave errors in. We're just not even professionals. Me too. Uh, I love it too. That's why, that we, is do why it. we do it. This is our last chance before we're iHeart. Because <laughs> this shit's not going to fly at iHeart. They'll come at us with the so, podcast whips. So, yeah. Bottom yeah. line here. We keep an MK11. <sighs> okay. I am going to keep it, but I do think. You seem conflicted. I am conflicted. I don't think it's. I don't think it's the best fighting game out in the world. Uh, and I. It, it's way better than Mortal Kombat, the original. It is better, but I think it's not as important, significant, like historically. But sure, to follow my rules, See, now I'll we're keep talking... it. To follow my rules, I'll keep it. Yeah. You know? Oh, nice. Okay. But I agree with you in spirit, but also it's weird that Mortal Kombat, the original arcade game, is old enough that I'm starting to lose sight of its importance. That's one of those cases where I'm like, yeah, it's hard to appreciate how important that was at the time because I it's before I my time. I think Mortal even. Kombat... Oh, for, I mean, Mortal Kombat was such a huge success that like captured video as and movies for the were made time. from it. And yeah. like, I think everybody knows the characters. Yeah. Like, it, it's one of those it pierced, Mortal yeah, Kombat. it pierced the zeitgeist. I think that alone makes it more important than Mortal Kombat 11. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think for best fighting games of all time, you got to talk about Street Fighter 2. I know, but all right, so you you're have keeping to. it. Yeah, uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep it out of generosity. And uh, to follow my own rules. So, okay. All right. Well, then I'm feeling generous. Okay, so I know. That's why I, now's the time uh, for me to, you know, you already know exactly what these last two are going to be. Uh, so the first one is uh, perhaps the most important game that came out during the Xbox PS2 era. Uh, it spawned a generation of sequels we have recently talked about the sequels uh it is though simple a an emotionally rewarding journey it was the way many people my age and slightly younger and slightly older got into first person shooters if they didn't own a pc it is uh it was its sequel was the advent of uh online multiplayer for consoles it has generated a television show 
It is uh, the face of the Xbox franchise to this day, their only blockbuster franchise that has stayed true across all the generations. I'm talking about Halo Combat Evolved. Um, it's still fun to play. With the remasters, it still looks good. It it has created the entire concept of uh, just the, the Golden Triangle, which we talked about on a recent episode, and uh, the enemy types having a, a distinct puzzle, which is a thing every single game is trying to do now, including Doom Eternal, which really kind of went more in that direction than Doom has traditionally gone. Um, Halo is incalculably important to video games. It would be a travesty to the aliens to not know that this is what we thought they would look like. Uh, so for that reason alone, among all the others, I'd say let's keep Halo Combat Evolved. What say you? This probably spoils the ending of this episode, but this is as far as my generosity will push me. <laughs> like this is on standing on the line. And when we get to a hundred games, I could see anything pushing. I might keep the lost city over Halo. Combat no, Ball, the forgotten but, city. No, but now that there is room in the current situation, we're not thinking towards the future. There's room on the drive. It is important in all those ways. I just think it's a bad, not fun game. Did um, you ever play it but, in its heyday? Ever? And I'll have you know, yes, okay. I absolutely right. did. Land okay. parties for Halo 2 specifically, but um, frequently for like a whole summer. And yeah, it was the thing that summer for sure. That happened to me once. <laughs> and that was fun. But I just don't think it's... I mean, FPS is hard to impress me because it's like... The most basic, you put put them in a box, you point and click on a point, uh, is like the underlying mechanic of that, and it's just not that interesting to me, FPS in general. But, and I'll have you, I'll point out that this is the exact situation with Death Stranding, and you didn't give me Death Stranding, <laughs> but I am willing to set aside the fact that I don't have fun with these games. I do not get the experience you get. I don't get why you think it's good. But just because of the historical import, yes, fine. And that's basically the only appeal I would make to you about it. I I can't convince you that it's fun if you don't agree. Uh, but we do agree on what is basically the facts of. There's many other games that are like it. Yeah. Yes. I yeah. Agree. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but we do agree on the fact of like its importance. So I mean, and that's good. Like that. That's enough for me to keep it. Uh, by the way, mm. your the your former employer, IGN. I think it has it in the top 20 all time. Like, and it has yeah. consistently had it in the top 10, 20, you know, it's just not interesting art to me. Fair enough. As art. I mean, it's, it's very aliens. Like it's very heavily influenced by aliens, that movie, which, yes. you know, maybe you don't think that's a great movie. And independence day yeah. and just any pop. It's a blockbuster. It's a blockbuster. It's a, it's a hodgepodge of all F of yes. And it, uh, and doom guy incidentally, you're right. But I like, so I guess I'll say this one thing that we haven't talked about before and not to get off on too much of a tangent. I think that halo also made first person shooters more palatable to a general audience than doom or quake or Wolfenstein. Well, yeah. Doom seemed like bad yeah. kids. And Doom I think whatever at the halo time. showed a version that everybody could agree was like, it's got devils. Right. Right. Cat, that's a, that's an evil spaghetti demon. Uh, yeah, and I think Halo made it palatable, and that's why that genre took over the universe. You know, like... All right, take the win. Thank you. Let's thank you. I'm sorry. I, I know I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have rubbed it in. All right. Uh, great. 
What is your fifth and final, sir? I don't even feel strongly about this. It's exactly the reasons we just discussed. I think Resident Evil 2 did change everything for a particular genre that's not my jam, but I do enjoy from time to time. I think 2 is the perfect amount of exploration and interdependence of the puzzles. And I think the best version of that is the superb 2019 remake. So I'm nominating Resident Evil 2 2019. Um, because I and that's basically a stand for the fact that I do think remakes are valid and in a medium as iterative as gaming I think refreshing it like I'm specifically giving it to the remake not the original and I think that's more valid than in something like music let's say where there's sort of an auspice around the original and it's like cooler to like the original you know what I mean remakes seem somehow like well you're just riding the coattails Video games exist at the forefront of a technology that's constantly evolving, you know, graphics rendering and all this shit to the point where I think it's totally valid to like the remake better. And for a remake to be look at the blue point remakes true to the original thing. Like I find 2019 to just be an improvement in every way. It's the preferred way to experience that idea that is resident evil too. Hmm. I mean, you're totally right about this. Uh, I'll just say, from my point of view, uh, there are... Too much zombie stuff on the drive. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of zombie games, man. Uh, And I'm not putting Splatterhouse on here, you know? Uh, There are three Resident Evil games that I think are, like, really important to that franchise. Uh, Two, four, and one. I was going to say one and four, and believe it or not, I really think seven. (gasps) I really really think seven is a great game and deserves to be thought about. Uh, two is the best experience of Resident Evil I've ever had. This remake of two, and by that I don't, yeah. I don't, I just mean like the ex- the the way the user interface goes, the way it looks, the the feelings and stuff, and the puzzles. They're all very fun. It's not so zany as Resident Evil tends to get a little zany, and that one's a little more contained. Um, mm-hmm. I, I just finished Resident Evil Four, and uh, I have some thoughts on that game. Um, so I think, I think you're right that it does belong. Um, I'm just going to be more specific about this when we get to these other Resident Evil games, pretty much all of which we should cover at some point, like seven, we should cover four, we should cover one, we should cover. There's a bunch of them. Four out of five. I think I got. Yeah. I mean, because we both agreed that the list wasn't right. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I don't think the list was right. Uh, and I, I think it's better now. Neither of us nominated Cyberpunk. I thought someone would. Well, in a no, future we're going to redo that episode. We'll uh, but yeah. I have not gotten to what I think is the most important of all the appeals I've made. This is this won't take long. <laughs> He's so mad already. Uh, longtime fans of this uh, podcast will note that. The first three games we covered were all extremely popular games, and that was on purpose. Uh, we covered Super Mario Odyssey, which I loved, Le- Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild, and then Grand Theft Auto V. And the Grand Theft Auto V episode, we got into a pretty, I think, valid and heated conversation about the value of Grand Theft Auto's humor. And a lot of what we ended up sort of walking away from that episode with was a kind of a degradation of the humor of that franchise, which I stand by. And I think Mike, you probably stand by your opinions on that too. The jokes are dumb. The writing is bad, uh, bad in the sense that it's not what it needs to be. Uh, it's, it's unacceptable 
specifically when we're talking about white people writing for minority characters and so on. But Grand Theft Auto V is unimpeachably the most successful and unimportant uh, successful and important franchise of the last two generations of consoles, maybe even three. They just re-released it. It's selling like gangbusters. It was the most popular game in terms of internet searches for like 10 years or whatever. Not 10 years, like five to seven years. Um, this is a game that that brings people into gaming. This game gets people who don't think of themselves as gamers to play it and to buy consoles for it. Um, it takes. It, I would say that it's fairly innocuous in the people that it takes on. It's like the least offensive of the Grand Theft Auto so far. Um, you know, that it, it takes on Zuckerberg and like reality TV show hosts. And for the most part, it, I think the the satire is aimed in the right direction. Not always. Sometimes it's pretty bad. Um, I don't know what Grand Theft Auto 6 would be. I'm actually scared to play that game for because I'm afraid that Rockstar will show us that they haven't learned anything. Um, Red Dead 2 gives me some hope. But Grand Theft Auto V is a culmination of what is like, I don't know, 20 plus years of video game design by one of the best in the business. And it's a perfect driving experience. It's a very fun shooting experience. It's a great storytelling experience. The Grand Theft Auto Online uh, has shown us that this franchise can also exist in almost a World of Warcraft uh, zone where like it has a sort of life of its own and people will play it for years and years and years. Um, I've only played a little bit of the online and I found it to be like really robust and that was surprising. Um, I don't know how we have a document that has the history of video games and doesn't include this game. Not just any Grand Theft Auto, this game. I tried San Andreas. I've played Vice City, which we'll cover at some point. Um, I've played four. I've played a lot of these Grand Theft Autos. This one's so far the best by 10 miles, even despite all the reservations we have about it. I think it would be weird for this hard drive not to have it. Are any of these arguments compelling for you? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hello. From Wonder Media Network, I'm Jenny Kaplan, host of Womanica a daily podcast that introduces you to the fascinating lives of women history has forgotten. This month, we're bringing you the stories of disappearing acts. There's the 17th century fraudster who convinced men she was a German princess. The 1950s folk singer who literally drove off into the sunset and was never heard from again. The First Nations activist whose kidnapping and murder ignited decades of discourse about indigenous women's disappearances and the young daughter of a Russian czar whose legendary escape led to even more intrigue and speculation. These stories make us consider what it means to disappear and why a woman might even want to make herself scarce. Listen to Amanica on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. 
My name is Ariel. I moved to the U.S. at 19. I spoke no English and I struggled finding job opportunities. Everything I have, I owe to the Adult Literacy Center and getting my high school diploma at age 22. It was an honor helping you achieve your greatness. Now you're helping others achieve theirs. It inspires me. When you graduate, they graduate. Find free and supportive adult education centers near you at finishyourdiploma.org. Brought to you by Dollar General Literacy Foundation and the Ad Council. No! (laughs) I say it with grim pleasure. I say it with the undertone, come at me. I would like to hear your thoughts on this on a social media platform. I don't know why you're doing this. Go ahead. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why Grand Theft Auto V is not just a jumble of things poorly done in every possible category of interactive media put together in a big box, then so, like peppered with borderline offensive to outright offensive content, some, some storytelling it, yeah. content, and then you go, here's your warmed over plate of shit. It's garbage, Adam. Every it's aspect garbage. of it, other it's than garbage. the acting from the the acting, the acting is good across the board. The dialogue is shit. The satire, their attempts at satire are humorless dookies on the lawn of gaming. Uh, it, it would be offensive. It would sully the drive. Never. Wow. Never. Wow. <laughs> uh, wow. I just really don't agree with you on that. Uh, and I, I, I don't know. I don't have the shooting is, yeah, good, is good, Adam. It is good. The shooting is yeah. good. A perfect driving experience. A, what's perfect. the better driving experience? What which what is that? Forza Horizon Five. Any number of games that focus. You mean on that's what only a racing instead of trying to do? Yes. That the idea, the only idea they came up with that's original is what about a game that does everything mediocrely? <laughs> it's like that's not a good I, idea I think for you're a game. Gravely mistaken about how media. I'm going to put that in quotes. Mediocre it is. I think there are some things that are mediocre. The jokes are mediocre. I'm with you on that. Um, I don't agree. I, I I just think that this game is a landmark in so many ways, like in character animation. In I would want to hide this from the aliens. It's like everything that's worse about humanity. Well, what do you mean? Lazy. What do you mean by that? Shitting on like lazy stereotype driven humor done in a lazy way from a mechanics perspective. Right. Do you so like to like make an offensive bad game? I don't <laughs> I, I don't like the find the finality of that label on the game. I guess I would say like do you think South Park d- belongs on some kind of hard drive for comedy? Well, they benefit from the fact that they've done many episodes and each episode is self-contained in some way. My honest take on South Park is it is uh, on a workmanship level, it's good, it's better than average. Uh on a on a statement level, there's episodes I really agree with and think is spot on satire and episodes I think is really regressive bullshit. Like Matt and Trey and I probably would agree about some things and disagree about other things. And that's as honest as I can and be about South Park. You don't Park. think this falls into um, that? Rockstar's shit is way more offensive than South Park mm. to me. The crime, the crime, the crime world, world stuff, stuff. specifically. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it, there's, there's not, I think Red Dead's a masterpiece. I think Red Dead's a masterpiece too. I mean, as we know, so I agree that Rockstar doesn't have to be regressive. And, and I agree that they are, by and large, in Grand Theft Auto V. I just think it's a little reductive, the way that you're summarizing the writing specifically. Like, you're being a little reductive about it. Uh, I think there is some smart satire in the character of Trevor, which, those of you who are interested in what I mean by that, 
Yeah, everyone. No, loves I don't Trevor. love trailers. And I think the performances are phenomenal. I would say from so. I wrote a main. today's topic, which you can find on the website we shall not name, uh, about Trevor and what he is as a satire. Uh, that I think in some ways does redeem what Grand Theft Auto is. Grand Theft Auto is a playground for the for our vices. Like that's always been what it is, and like people want right. that. And why would you want to share that with? Because the that's part of what games are about. Like that is part of what games are about. If we're gonna have a bunch of shit with guns in it, I guess I'm the Frasier after all. <laughs> Because I think we should present ourselves better than I don't know who you're trying aliens. to impress. I, I feel like the aliens. The aliens. I, I feel like they already know, man. They're the, know your audience, man. I don't think that uh, the aliens are going to get the hard drive, play these games, and be like, thank God they don't have smut on here. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't see that. Well, I just wouldn't want to be to the aliens like, here's some lazy shit we slapped together. I don't know what you mean by lazy. What do you mean by lazy? We love the fantasy of paying for sex and then murdering a woman and taking the money back. That's funny to us. Do you get it, aliens? And I'd be like, don't show them this. Are you crazy, So there's a weird like moral judgmentalism that's at work here that is preventing you from sort of appreciating it. Yeah, I find it offensive. I mean, yeah, yeah, that's fine to... And it has the Tarantino aspect. It's two white writers using the N-word as many times as they possibly that's, that's can. That's true. Which I think is a valid thing uh, that is not my place to per se I navigate for them, but I do think it's a thing that worries me. They, they should, yeah, they're, that's a thing they can't do again, and uh, it, that is a problem in the game. But I, is it the only thing in the game? Yeah, I just feel like you're sort of defining it by three well, or four things that are like problematic and then dismissing... So many other huge achievements um, by this game. The problematic aspect, I don't I don't want it to be misconstrued that I'm just offended and think, oh, this is problematic content. Because I see my earlier comments, I also think the shooting is mediocre compared to any game that focuses on shooting. The driving is mediocre compared to any game that focuses on driving. Every aspect of the game is broken, essentially, to some degree, when you compare it to equals in its area the only idea that it brings to the table is yeah but in our game you can do all of them at once and i'm like i'll just play a different games for different purposes based on what i want to do you don't i don't think it's a clever idea to say well our swiss army knife has everything they're all crummy though like they're just not stellar. They're all fine. They're all like of average I don't, quality. I don't agree with that, but I don't want to go. It around doesn't and impress around. me as a concept. Uh, I don't want to go around yeah. and around. I don't agree with that. Uh, but I understand now that Grand Theft Auto Five will not be on this hard drive. That's very clear. Uh, no, I will. Ho, ho, I will ho. cry my tears over a scotch with Michael and Franklin. I'm the heel of this episode. I bet everyone hates <laughs> me now. That's no. I think the burden I'm willing to take on because I, I think we're going to hear from the very it. small contingent of people who agree with you uh, and don't value this playground of vices the way that the vast majority of gamers feel about it, which is fine. Well, that's, that's okay. the other argument is that it boils down to, but it sold so well, it's so popular, and as I've said, I don't care what's popular. I think that's convenient. That doesn't I think that's really a convenient opinion. Decision making. Uh, I, because I think that when it when it clearly resonates in a way that's not just like, hey, uh, here's the latest Star Wars. It's it's more successful than the latest Star Wars. Like it's a cultural phenomenon. All right, let's put it on. Who cares? No, I mean no. I want you to really sincerely do. <laughs> Uh, I was trying to get your hopes up so I could say no again. <laughs> no, I don't. Ex- I don't I accept pity. It. I feel so good. Uh, and I'm glad. I'm glad. For, I'm glad for you that you're having that moment. Uh, I'm glad that you're having it. I understand sports now. 
<laughs> it's this <laughs> feeling. It's sports. I like from soft games <laughs> now. Sports. Uh, I love that. That's amazing. That's what you think sports are. Uh, so, by the way, I mean, yeah, from soft games are another uh, albatross that we've successfously avoided so far. But you know that day is coming to an end. Uh, yeah, we'll be covering. Uh, yeah, and also thing. Dark Souls and some other things. Uh, so the, I guess the last thing I'll say about this subject is I know we're going to cover more Grand Theft Auto, and if you have the same complaint about every Grand Theft Auto, I'm going to accuse like you'll never be able to pass any Ubisoft game through any like like any open world. Game. Oh, we're talking retaliatory. No, no, voting? I'm okay, not retaliatory. Great. I'm just saying like the standard you're holding Grand Theft Auto to is not a real standard. It's a uh, it's asking it to be better than five different games at every single aspect. But it invites that by. I don't agree that it does. That. That's its whole I don't appeal. agree with that. I, I think it's like. Uh, I just think it. I don't even know if I have a great metaphor for it, but I don't think it invites that. I think that it's not a racing sim. So, yeah, it's easy for me to say Gran Turismo. But it's like Hometown Buffet. The appeal of a giant buffet is. Well, you can't decide. We got hundreds of things. And you go in knowing, well, it won't be as good but it, as, like, the steak won't be as good as a steakhouse. The mashed potatoes won't be as good as a mashed potatoery or whatever. And that's fine. That is not a unique idea in art or I'm food with you. or anything. I, but I don't agree. To just do, be jack of all trades, master of none. And I think that's all GTA I See, I don't. I, and, like, again, I don't want to go round and round. But, I, like, you keep characterizing it, like, as the equivalent of you a Walmart. And I'm saying, no, no, and you're missing it. the thing that people want out of this. Like the thing that people want out of this is they they want emerging yeah. gameplay. Man. Yes, and this offers yeah. it better than anybody else does. And like a lot of games are skirting around that. Grand Theft Auto is like complete wish fulfillment in that regard. And I think that does matter. Although, sure, I get that the aliens might not dig it, but also those aliens might be cool. And then you're gonna look real silly if those aliens are cool. So you didn't even consider the possibility that they were cool aliens. Doesn't strike me as cool. <laughs> it's a guy like fucking your girlfriend in front of you and then beating you to death. I'm like, yeah, that's cool. That's funny. This is great. That's a funny you're, scene. You're, it's very you're, tight. Your analogies are it's insane. It's just like the kid in class who. <laughs> it's insane. It's the kid in class who just does shock value. It's just shock value. Well, that's why I. And I just don't highly prize shock that's value. That's why I brought up South Park. Because I I think South Park is a is an artistic they equivalent. Have real shit so to does say Grand Theft Auto. Whether you agree or disagree with it. So does Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> it does. Like you're you're right, out of hand dismissing that, and I don't think that's true. Watch in the new show when I switch over to iHeart. I'll just kind of be super GTA <laughs> five positive and pretend this never happened. We're tied to the podcast and just like yes, I'll Grand like, Theft Auto is good. GTA yeah. is good. <laughs> what a great <laughs> game. Great. Uh, I love that you. Too. I love that you refuse. I think it, it's beautifully, Mike, and I appreciate that about it. Well, and Death Stranding it goes the way yeah. of Death Stranding. <laughs> They're gonna play together in hell. Is what's gonna happen? Mm. Uh, well, we did it. I try not. We did. Yeah, it. I don't want to be retaliatory too often because I do like it being an honest accounting. But that is my honest. I, I think. Yeah, yeah, I think you believe it. it. I, I, Let's I get out of here. We're gonna ride out. On our new theme song. Is yeah, right, I just Adam? wanted the audience to hear the new theme for the next episode that you'll hopefully all uh, mosey over to check out as we continue to do One Upsmanship. Yeah, hope you'll join us. Don't forget to search for One Upsmanship, One UPS Manship, uh, wherever you find your podcast, because the small beans and the one ups 
our parting yep. pods. But good news for all of you who still love everything we've done. That's also porting over as well. There's just going to yep. be more. There's just going to be a lot more. So hope you're ready for that. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine. Hosted by me, Danielle Robay. And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side.